Hello, 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 and welcome to the 10th episode of Mixed Media Reviews. My name is Kelsey, and today I'll be talking about a movie. This week's movie is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I of course knew that Simu Liu and Aquafina were in this film, but apart from that, I did not know much. I wasn't familiar with the comic, and I, per usual, stayed away from all the trailers. If you've made it this far and you're just now wondering why I tend to not read the backs of books or watch trailers, it's because I feel like a lot of the time they give too much away. Especially trailers. I want to be surprised. I want to try to guess what's going to happen next, not know everything ahead of time. I also hadn't heard much about the movie yet, whether it was good or bad. This episode shouldn't have too many spoilers as I'll try to keep things fairly general. But I will reveal some plot points and some characters that are in the film, so as always, if that's important for you to not know prior, then go ahead and watch the movie first. Also, I want to say before I dive in that I'm really sorry if I mispronounce any of these names or words. Uh, I did listen to how they were pronounced several times, but I'm sorry if my mouth still doesn't work properly. <laughs> so what did this film end up being about? Shang-Chi, played by Simu Liu, is trying to live a normal life with his friend Katie, played by Aquafina. After being attacked by the Ten Rings, Shang-Chi must find his sister before they get to her, and then they must face the leader of the Ten Rings, their father, Wen Wu, played by Tony Leung. This movie was funny, in the best possible ways. Aquafina was great, but even Simo had great comedic moments. Probably the funniest scene in the whole movie is when they're on the plane. And I won't ruin it if you haven't seen it, but I laughed so hard. <laughs> Simu and Aquafina have great chemistry, and you can really get a sense of their friendship, and that they're very comfortable in that friendship. Also, and this may be a character spoiler, but Ben Kingsley nailed every single scene he was in, and was absolutely hilarious. I love that they brought back his character. This next thing is kind of a two-parter of the same thing. Uh, I love that Shang-Chi and Katie were best friends and that they continued to be best friends during the entire movie. There was no romantic subtext, no feelings developed. They were just friends and they behaved like friends. They didn't linger on touches that went on for too long or a look that may have more meaning. <laughs> Nothing. And I loved it. It's about time that we had a character in the MCU without a love story and to have characters of the opposite sex not end up falling for each other. And the second part of this is that there wasn't some other love interest, which I kind of just said. <laughs> um, but it, it was great that the other woman that appears in the story ends up just being his sister. So this whole story is centered on family and friends. And I think that's really refreshing and made this movie stand apart from a lot of the other ones in the MCU. It's why I liked Black Widow and why I really enjoyed Hawkeye. I have no problem with there being an interest in the love department or having it centered on a partner, but it still is nice to have these stories without a romance sprinkled in. One of the best things about this movie is that it took a step away from the typical fighting we see in the MCU movies. Shang-Chi was a kung fu Marvel movie and the fighting was mesmerizing. The fighting was so well done, and that was due to the people they hired to choreograph these scenes. Some of them were from Jackie Chan's stunt team. They mixed a few different styles, creating the feeling of a full and lived-in world. 
the fighting type that I think fell under the Tai Chi <laughs> fighting style during the scenes with Ying Nan training Shang-Chi was really beautiful to watch. And the same can be said about Shang-Chi's mother's movements, Li, though I believe that was a different kind. <laughs> I also really love the way the movie depicted the ring's movements, which I later found out are a super-powered spin on iron rings worn around those who practice Hungar, which was another style that was used primarily for Shang-Chi's father. Honestly, the more I read about the different styles, the more little details I learned. Like, again, that Shang-Chi's style is influenced by both his mother's and his father's styles that were already established in the beginning of the movie. I also read an article on this random website called Black Belt Mag, where Dr. Craig Reed went into even more detail about the styles and the origins of them and how the director was able to blend together five different styles in a single movie. It was incredibly interesting, and something I encourage you to look up, if that sounds interesting to you. It also kind of reminded me of Avatar The Last Airbender, and how they carefully selected each martial arts style to match with those elements in that world. And how they even changed Toph's style due to her being blind from the rest of the earthbending nation. Seems like they took a lot of care into deciding which martial arts that they used, and it definitely shows even to someone who has no like background in it. You can still tell that there's different styles being used and that they fit really well with the user. I've also learned that Shang-Chi's name translates to ascending from Shang and spirit from Qi. So his name means ascending of the spirit. When he fights, he is mastering and using his Qi, his spirit. His name is a little nod to that. Also, I learned that the original Ten Rings were actual rings you'd wear on your fingers. So that tie-in with Hungar is from the movie's interpretation of the rings and the connection to that fighting style. I think a lot of Shang-Chi's origin in print had problematic points, and the movie was able to adjust them to make them more grounded in the world that Shang-Chi was able to create, and it pulled things from real Chinese culture and mythology. From someone who has no connection to that world, it seems like they did a really good job. And to be fair, I did look for reviews, and I couldn't really find any that talked negatively about those aspects of the film. I really love the mythology and the storytelling. The cute little creatures we saw in Talo, Talo itself, and the history we learn about the world and the Ten Rings. It was quite a lot of new information that we get to learn since we aren't quite set in the established MCU in the same way we were when we got a standalone Black Widow movie or the next Spider-Man or Thor. However, none of it felt overwhelming to me. And like I mentioned when talking about the fighting styles, this world felt lived in. It felt established. And it felt like we were getting a peek of what was happening and therefore it felt a lot more real. Visually, this movie was really stunning, and at times, really pretty. The way the fights were filmed were really well done, and it always made me feel like I was right there in the action. On the other side, we also got some really pretty scenes. In the opening of this movie, we see a gorgeous garden in a forest, and the fight that ensues is also really beautiful. The way Lee moves the air, the way she moves like it's effortless, I really liked watching this movie. From her visual standpoint, not just from the storylines. I really loved that it was in Mandarin for the most part, especially when it made sense that they wouldn't be speaking English, 
didn't do much of the whole they speak English for the audience even though we're in a non-English speaking country thing. I liked the use of the language of the place they were in. Switching to English when they were in San Francisco and then elsewhere throughout. It once again made the film feel more genuine about its characters and its setting. And finally, I liked the tie-in with the original Iron Man and even Iron Man 3, especially since we are all kind of nostalgic for that film and franchise. We got to have a fairly solid tie-in with the rest of the MCU without bringing in a bunch of already established characters that would have, in my opinion, bogged down the movie. Though I did like that we got a slightly minor character, Wong, from Doctor Strange to really tie it to Doctor Strange World so that it seemed a little bit more grounded in the MCU, but we didn't need any of those really big names that are in the title of those films. It didn't feel forced. And I'm not trying to say that Wong is only a minor character, but he isn't the main character. I mean, his name isn't in the title, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> there wasn't much that I didn't like about this movie. I will say that the CGI wasn't always great. The train scene in the beginning is really cool. The fighting in the close quarters and the way we see Shang-Chi transform from just a regular guy to a kung fu master was pretty awesome, but there were times where the CGI is slightly off, which kind of took me out of a bit. But there are also times when the CGI looks great, but it definitely had a bit of a mix. Not really a huge critique, and I don't think it was worse than the bad parts of Black Widow, because that one had some bad CGI to the point where I questioned the budget and wondered if COVID had a bigger impact on it, I guess. But it certainly made me nervous in Shang-Chi since the train sequence happened early on, but there are plenty of moments where it looked great after that. I suppose not everything can be great 100% of the time, but Morris was wonderful. I kind of had some mixed feelings about Wenwu and his arc. It was a little odd to me that he came to fight Lee in the garden, but then just fell in love instead. This is a guy they show conquering nations, spreading fear wherever he went. And then some lady in a garden makes him give up all of that? I mean, sure, I guess it's possible. But I think my issue is that we don't really see much of Lee's side of things. We see her in pieces throughout the film, but they don't really form a whole picture to me. We assume she was a force of good who turned Wenwu to her side, but I still feel like there's a disconnect. The first time I watched it, I didn't really understand Wenwu's journey at all, from evil to in love to evil for love. But upon rewatching, I did get it a little bit more, that Wenwu was just a man who lost his wife and was doing what he thought he had to do to get her back. So I don't know, maybe this isn't really a critique of the movie and more of a critique of my own abilities to retain information while watching a movie. <laughs> I'm not sure if it takes a second watch to know where it's going to end, to know his justification before it happens, to really understand it, or if I just wasn't as great watching it the first time around. Let me know what you thought about Wu. Maybe I'm just completely alone in this, which is possible. In case that didn't come across, uh, I definitely recommend Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. I definitely thought it was one of the best MCU movies to come out to date. Um, I have not seen the new Spider-Man, so who knows. 
I really am looking forward to where they go in this world, though, and seeing Shang-Chi interact more with Wong and perhaps even Doctor Strange at some point. I did hear there's going to be a sequel, which is great, but I'm also hoping we get to see him in other movies or shows as well, like they've done with other characters popping up. And of course, we'll need more Aquafina. And there you have it. Those are my thoughts on Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. Thank you so much for joining me. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Mixed Media Reviews. You can also find me anywhere you find your podcasts, as long as that is Anchor, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, or Radio Public. Oh my goodness. Please join me next week where I review a book, The Firekeeper's Daughter. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Bye!